today and uh, picking up there, looking at the church as a missionary sending entity. Uh, the church sends missionaries. And uh, <clears throat> so that is our, our consideration today. And uh, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, a little frog in my throat there. That's better. Got that frog out of there, ribbit. And uh, so let's get right over into the book of Acts. And, and again, welcome to everybody listening live this morning as we uh, interact in the comment section. So uh, during the broadcast, if you listen later and I'm mentioning names, it's because uh, there are people who interact live during this broadcast. And so that's, uh, that's why I say names from time to time, because uh, during this live portion, we have people from, uh, from Maine. Uh, people from Rhode Island, people from Pennsylvania, uh, people from uh, Virginia, uh, people from India, sometimes people from the Philippines, sometimes people from Kenya, sometimes people from Texas or uh, 
California IA or even Hawaii, depends on where Bing is. He lives in Texas, California, or Hawaii. So um, that's why I mention all three of those. But wherever you're listening from, we want to welcome you. And it's my prayer for you uh, that you will grow uh, as a follower of Christ. If you're not yet a follower of Christ, that you would become a follower of Christ. And I'm not talking a person who has uh, merely prayed a prayer that, yes, Lord, I want to go to heaven someday, so forgive my sins and be my Savior. That's a starting point. Uh, but Jesus wants us to live as followers. And so that's my prayer for you, that you'd be a follower. In fact, my prayer goes beyond that you would only be a follower. My prayer is that you'd be a multiplying follower of uh, uh, of the Lord Jesus, that you would help others to love Jesus. In fact, for, for quite some time, we've had this little tagline at Veracity Chapel, connecting people with Christ. And, and, and we explain that as we need to connect other believers to Christ, and we need to uh, connect uh, non-believers to Christ. We need to be connecting everybody to Christ. And so that's the goal here today, that you would be connected with Christ. Acts chapter 13, let's jump in here. It says, in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Very interesting what is taking place here. The Holy Spirit spoke uh, among the people. Uh, perhaps, uh, and it lists the names in verse 1 of a few of the prophets teachers, uh, Barnabas, Simeon, Niger, Lucius, and Manian, uh, who had been brought up with, um, who had been brought up with uh, Herod the Tetrarch. So they're together, they're teaching, uh, they're prophesying perhaps, they're worshiping the Lord, and, and you know, if we want to see God speak see God move. I, I think there are a couple things that they're worshiping and fasting. I think we need to be prayerful. Uh, I think that when we're worshipful, and, and by worshipful, it isn't just, oh, what, are, you know, talking about a worship service. Uh, and I don't think it's talking about, you know, what's the order of the service, and is it an hour long, or an hour and 15 minutes long, or an hour? No, I, they, they were worshipful. Uh, that was a state of being, a state of mind, a state of gathering, that when they gathered together, they were worshipful. Uh, yesterday, I had a, a pastor's meeting with my evangelical free church uh, brothers here in Maine, and uh, we were talking about with another brother who has been over in, uh, I think he said Zambia, and uh, of course, I've been over in uh, South Sudan, Kenya, and uh, we were talking about, he said, look, they were late for a meeting, getting there, but the people had gathered and were worshiping while they waited. And uh, my brother Brad said that, uh, you know, when they were, it was time for them to get on their vehicle and go to their next destination, the people kept worshiping. 
And that's what I'm talking about. I mean, what we do is we we limit our worship down to, you know, what are the four songs we're going to sing or what are the four, you know, and and those types of, of things. And uh, how do we expand that out and, uh, uh, and, and understand worship is kind of a state of mind, uh, a worship, a state of gathering that we gather, you know, it, 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 that we're gathering and we're going to worship the Lord. Uh, sometimes, and, and this is partly my fault, I'll take some of the blame here. Uh, for a lot of years, our eldership focused a lot on the business side of things and not a lot on the prayer side of things. And and we flipped that script. In fact, the elders of Veracity Chapel met last night and uh, had a very significant time of prayer. And, and we're seeing our times of prayer increase. Uh, and I believe that there's going to be significant spiritual impact as the result of uh, not not focusing on the material as much and focusing on the business side as much. We have deacons who are doing that. They're prayerful as well. Uh, but to come together, and we worshiped. We didn't worship with music. We worshiped through prayer. I believe that as we worship, as we fast, the Holy Spirit is then going to speak to hearts and uh, and do some significant things. So while they were worshiping, um, they the Holy Spirit spoke. Sorry, I, I'm distracting myself here a little bit as I'm getting something prepared to bring up to you uh, to share. Here we go. I think this is. Let me get one in English here. Um, I'm looking at. There we go. We'll, we'll go with this one. I think this one will work better. I want to share with you where this first missionary journey was at the appropriate time. So I'm ready to bring that up now. So. Um, and a prayer request. We want to pray for our brothers and sisters in India. Uh, you know, uh, Santhus uh, saying, pray for my uh, orphan children's food. Uh, Lord, we do come together, even as George Mueller and Days Gone By uh, prayed for um, prayed for his orphanage. And we know there are places in the world it's harder to get the food. We know there are places, and even if, if they had the money, they couldn't get the food. Um, because it's not available. So, Lord, we do pray for the children uh, in this orphanage uh, that you would provide for the needs of those orphans even today. Lord, in America, we don't think about the fact that, uh, at least not as much, at least the people that we run with don't think as much about the fact that there are many places in the world where each day they're hoping to get some small money uh, to be able to buy some food. So, Lord, we pray that you show up in miraculous and marvelous fashion uh, and provide for the needs of brothers and sisters like Santhus or uh, or Joseph uh, in uh, South Sudan or uh, Samuel in Malawi. 
uh, and lots of other places. And even this morning, another another request, just praying for somebody in the training that they'll be getting. Lord, would you multiply the gospel and the impact of the gospel? And in situations where there are absolute food needs, would you miraculously provide? We pray. And Lord, change us in America uh, that, that we would be more kingdom-minded, less wrapped up in the, the material stuff of this world. So uh, we do pray for the provision uh, of those in those places that, that do not have access or funding. Lord, would you show up and provide? That's our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, back on to the text. We are here to continue teaching the text. Um, it says this in verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. God had a plan for them. Now, you know, I think probably the, the, the folks there, the people there, very much enjoyed um, the company of Barnabas. Barnabas was an encourager. His name actually meant son of encouragement. And... Uh, he was known as one who was an encourager. He was known as one who was maybe more tolerant. You place uh, Paul uh, and Barnabas side by side, and, and I in some ways relate more with the Barnabas. Uh, I would tend to be more tolerant. I would uh, tend to be more encouraging. Uh, I would tend to be more patient. Uh, and, and others that, that I work with and have fond affection for, um, you know, in some instances may feel within themselves to be less tolerant, less patient in, in some instances. John Mark would be a later example of that, that uh, Paul was, no, I don't have any time for him because we just need to send him packing. We're not taking him the next time. He's, you know, and that was Paul's take on it. And so uh, John Mark ended up going with Barnabas. Of course, we know more about what happened with Paul because it gets written in the book of Acts than we do know about what happened with, with Barnabas and uh, John Mark, and it would be interesting, and I will go do this, uh, take a look and do a study. So what happened to Barnabas and John Mark? Uh, that, what's the tradition tell us? But we'll read this, and, and it tells us they were sent off for the work to which God called them. Uh, and, you know, God calls people, oops, God calls people to to different places and to different works and to do different things. And, you know, some months ago I, I made that very announcement within our congregation about my work with Concentric. And I'm, I'm doing that work with Concentric. I haven't really raised, a, I haven't worked at raising, I haven't had time in many ways to work at raising this support, uh, but that's something that will be forthcoming uh, with, with a strong sense of calling and affirmation uh, from uh significant leaders globally uh, in, into that role with Concentric. Uh, and, you know, and our church would have to make a, a decision about what is their response. And so it says this, Acts 13, 3, after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. I believe the church needs to be a missionary sending entity. I, I, in fact, here's a question for you. Are churches that are healthy, that are making disciples, uh, 
who also send missionaries are those the ones that God may most truly bless. And I'm not talking bless with just numbers of people. Uh, I'm not talking bless with just um, the numbers of uh, gizmos and gadgets that they have and, and how nice their building is. I'm not talking blessed that way. I'm talking blessed in a spiritual sense where there is spiritual life change happening. Uh, I'm talking that type of blessing. That, that's what I'm talking about is that type of thing. Here in America, we, we tend to get wrapped up in numbers, although lots of places like India would be an example. The church is exploding uh, in, in phenomenal fashion. Uh, and they're not, they're not worried about the numbers. It's like they can't stop it, and it's a wonderful thing. Um, at least several places in India and other places of the world, uh, some of the most persecuted places, the church is flourishing and growing, um, and, and they send out people. Here we see in Acts 13.3, they fasted, they prayed, uh, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. That is a biblical example. Now, the, the place their hands on them is, is a sense of identifying, to pray for, pray over, to say we, we are partnering, we are participating uh, with you in this ministry. You are one of us. Uh, in this case, Saul and Barnabas both. You are two of us. You're part of our family here, and we are sending you off. So church being a sending entity is a very healthy thing. Now, we're just going to be able to begin to get into this today. Let's talk about where they went. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia, and sailed from there to Cyprus. Now, here's, here's where I'm going to bring something in, uh, maybe to help us understand uh, just, just a little bit more the map, and uh, let me see if I can up here for us uh, in this way, and I, I think I can. Here we go. Here we go. See the first missionary map. Uh, may not be the clearest of print, but Seleucia. Here's Antioch. This is Syria, folks. Up here where you see my the mouse moving, that is Syria. That was where Antioch, that, that city was leveled in the earthquake. Uh, that happened here some months ago back, what was that, in February, I think, when that took place. Uh, that, that city, that ancient city, and all the history that was there, and I don't know how much of it is gone, but I, I believe it's believed, or in fact, it's not only believed, the fact is uh, much damage done there, great, great, horrific damage done, as you know, with loss of so many lives. So they went from Antioch up to Seleucia here, got on a boat, and then here they go over to Cyprus, uh, and then they will end up going from there up to uh, Italia and Perga, uh, Perga, up to the Antioch, uh, not of Syria, but the Antioch, which is now in Turkey, Iconia, Lystra, Derby, and that, that's, that's the route, and then they'll end up coming back down here and sailing back to Seleucia. So that when you hear about this, it gives you a sense of idea. Jerusalem is all the way down here. Antioch is due north. Uh, 
uh, I think it's a few hundred miles distance up from Jerusalem up to Antioch, uh, roughly a, a couple hundred miles in distance. Uh, and so you have a sense of where they are going from and where they are going to and what they will be doing. So they went, and notice, I want to uh, highlight a significant feature here uh, in this text. Verse 2 says, the Holy Spirit said. Uh, Verse 4 says, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. I mean, we should be looking for Holy Spirit direction, Holy Spirit power in our lives uh, all the time. Holy Spirit, where will you lead me? Holy Spirit, how will you empower me? Holy Spirit, how will you use me? Holy Spirit, what will you do? And and he will guide us. And in this instance, we see him guiding very specifically and very clearly. Again, I think much of that, especially for the broader church, had to do with they were a prayerful, worshiping gathering of people. And because they were prayerful, because they were worshipful, uh, because they gathered. God gave them a sense of direction from the Spirit, and they knew together what it was that they were supposed to do, looking to the Holy Spirit to give us guidance. Now, what did they do when they went? Here's what they did. Verse 4, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from Cyprus. Uh, When they arrived at Salmas, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues, and John, this is John Mark, was with them as their helper. And it says that they traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. Uh, There they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the uh, proconsul Sergius Paulus proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, that is what his name means, sorcerer, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, here's the Holy Spirit power again, looked straight at Elymas and said, you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind, and for a time you'll be be unable to see the light of the sun. And immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And when the proconsul saw what happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Now there are a couple things in there's several things in this that I don't know that we'll get through all of them this morning. Uh, but again, the Holy Spirit sending, the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they traveled through the whole island. They were proclaiming in the Jewish synagogues. Now, again, I, I want to clarify, there are the synagogues, which are the small, smaller gathering places that were located all over the place. Uh, where there were Jewish people, where there were Jewish communities, there were the smaller synagogues that, that, of people who gathered together and uh, for the teaching. Uh, there would be the reading of the scrolls, and uh, rabbinic teaching would take place in the synagogues. 
They were not places of sacrifices. They were not places of offerings. Now, there, there might have been offerings there, maybe, uh, but they were not places of sacrifices. The places of sacrifice for the Jewish people were reserved for the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, so just to remind you of that, lots of, and, and I've described it before, uh, you, if you walk in the door, the primary door, the front door, you face uh, what would be a lectern. Uh, uh, I wouldn't call it a pulpit. I would call it a lectern, a table, uh, like a, a standing height type table. We might call it a pub table in our day, like what I use in my church. Uh, and on that, uh, the scrolls would be brought out, and that's where the reading would take place. And from there, the, the rabbi might wax eloquent. So Paul and Barnabas found the towns, sometimes the towns might have more than one synagogue, depending on the size of the town. And because it, it was just a custom to go in and to read from the scrolls, that's exactly what uh, Paul and Barnabas, still he's still called Saul here, actually, would go into these synagogues, read from the scrolls that would point to Jesus. And then they would begin to de declare the gospel of God. So what are they doing? They're, they're led by the Spirit. They're proclaiming the word of God. Uh, what else do we do? I want to pull out for us here to highlight? Uh, they had the helper with them uh, in, in John Mark. Uh, ministries need helpers. Ministries need assistance. Uh, you know, our, our own ministry at Rassie Chapel. You know, we need to get back to a place of uh, where we have the funds, and we're working on some things toward this end, um, where we where we have an office administrator who can who can do uh, the emails, who can who, who can do database, and who can do. Um, uh, the uh, all the social media uh, and who knows how to manipulate uh, uh, web pages and uh, it's just on top of all that type of stuff and, and, and under, has some business savvy a little bit and you know we need that help uh, in, in as my ministry expands I I need uh, like they had John Mark uh, you know I I will need that uh, that helper who can handle uh, a lot of the detail things so that I can be focused on meeting with people and teaching and uh, traveling and those types of things. Critical, critical roles of people who are helpers in that way. Uh, critical. Now, it says also, it says they traveled the whole island. They didn't just find one place and park there. They were traveling all over the place, doing all uh, speaking with all kinds of people. And you know some who are sent, that is part of uh, part of their responsibility uh, to perhaps go uh, to every nook and cranny, to go into every town, to to travel uh, extensively, so that they could communicate the gospel. They were looking for people who were willing to listen. Not everybody was willing to listen. In fact, we 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 read in this passage about Elimus, uh, Elimus, who was not. Uh, not a fan. He didn't want to listen. He tried, as it said in verse 8, to turn the pro-council, it's like the, the ruling leader, uh, from the faith. Uh, and it's interesting how Saul responds here. I mean, what did you think of the way that Saul responds? 
I mean, basically, and now this is the first time, Acts chapter 13, verse 9, it says, Saul, who was also called Paul, um, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, a work of the Holy Spirit, looked straight at him and said, you're a child of the devil. Now, he wasn't calling him names. He was speaking the truth. You're a child of the devil. You're an enemy of what's right. You're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. You know, I, I don't know that this is not my MO to do this type of thing. This is Paul speaking, and this is why he becomes the leader. He says, will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? And He pronounces a curse against him down here in verse 11. And it said, immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. The net result of this in verse 12 uh, is that when the pro-council saw what happened, he believed. There were two things in this verse I, I want to highlight. First, he saw what happened, and then also he heard the teaching about the Lord. Those two things were a part of the equation that led the pro-council to a place of belief in Christ. Sometimes people need to see things. Sometimes people need to hear things. So we pray for the works of God, both the visible uh, and the audible. Uh, we pray for the power of teaching. Uh, we pray that, that God would do the things that he needs to do to, to advance his kingdom through us. That would be our prayer. Beyond that, everyday living, you and I, as followers of Christ, as disciples of Christ, that people would see Christ in us that people would see Christ in us in such a way that they would want what we have. How do you have that kind of peace? How do you have that kind of joy? Uh, you know, you, you, you demonstrate love. Where do you get this? Uh, how are you like this? She must have had a really good childhood. Well, let me tell you, it wasn't good, but I met Jesus, and Jesus has given me peace, and Jesus has given me hope. Jesus has given me joy. Jesus has given me love. And I want to tell you, if you want to find all those things, then find Jesus. Come to Jesus. Trust in Jesus. And that's what the proconsul did. Verse 12, he believed. Oh, that our lives would point people to Jesus. Oh, that our faith would point people to Jesus. Oh, that, uh, that the Lord would work through us more and more, that we would have the sense of the work of the Holy Spirit in our midst. This is one of the key pillars of through which the Lord works is that of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, do your work in us. Make us more like Jesus. Use us today for the expanse of your kingdom, Lord, all around the world, wherever we're listening from, that we would be a witness for you in that place today. Lord, be glorified through our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. I will see you again tomorrow. Have a wonderful day, everyone.